0: Hey, this is the animal, and I've got none other than Scott Dalhoof, the amazing six-string artist of Dangerous Toys, and a really cool project he's got coming up with somebody that I kind of know personally. So, Scott, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, man. How are you, man? I'm doing fana- <laughs> fanat I'm doing fantastic today. Getting a little fantastic.
1: tongue-tied. I'm fantastic, fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> fantastic, either one.
0: It's Italian. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> it's that. Hey, okay, so Dangerous Toys, man. Back in the day, I saw you guys in Kansas City. You were on like the, this five dollar ticket, man. Where there's like eight bands for five bucks. Long time ago.
1: I was, had, that, was that at the was that at the what was that was that, that outdoor arena? Yeah, the, the
0: sandstone amphitheater.
1: Yeah, sandstone, and we played there with Rat and some some. I think no, who all was there? I know Rat did a video there. I don't think they were there with no. us. Oh. I remember um, that because it was kicks didn't have any gear and we let kicks use our gear to play
0: Ex- yes so it was I remember uh that. it was dangerous toys London choir boys uh pretty boy Floyd la guns and warrant okay
1: I thought kicks was on that bill so we must have played there more than once but okay yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that
0: but yeah that, that's actually the tour where I got to meet Tracy guns and I was just like all enamored and we, well, we got all really drunk, but that's beside the point. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, he's uh, a good guy, man.
0: He is good guy. a guy, great guy. So getting your guys started with Sporting a Woody, man, you, you had to meet a lot of people that were like, man, I don't know about that.
1: <laughs> well, you know, it wasn't like, you know, back then you didn't have Steel Panthers and things like that. Right. So, but we were always kind of like our songs, like "Take Me Drunk" and you know "Sportin' Woody" and things like that. We 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 like you know we think of a funny title or something. And we just go with it and have a good time with it, you know. And um, that was actually our third single because back in the day, you'd put out you know a couple singles or whatever, and then your third single was always the ballad, right? And we were like. <laughs> Man, nah, we put out uh teasing, and then we put out scared, and it came time for that third single. And they're like, "Hey, let's do feels like a hammer," which is one of my favorite songs and a great fun song to play. And we're like, I know, "We're going to break away from that. We're going to put out sport and Woody." And good or bad, whatever, we did what we wanted to do. Right? So I'd, I'd rather put out sport and Woody and have it. Um, you know, it did well. Uh, Would with, with Queen or what? Would Queen of the Nile or? Uh, you know, feels like a hammer done better? Maybe, but do you want to look back on your life and, and go, man, I really wish we'd put that one out.
2: No. So we just yeah. do what we
0: want. That's what a lot of people understand is when you guys put something out, when you guys put your record out, you did it your way. You didn't have a bunch of people standing behind you going, no, you need to do it this, this,
1: this. You didn't have that. No. Well, you know, that was the thing we got signed and, um, you know, I never saw anybody from the label in our fucking studio on that first album. <laughs> now, after that first album, everything blew up and we're, you know, doing the big tours with the cult and all that stuff and, you know, opening for Scorpions or whoever. And I had a lot of success on the next record. Oh, they're all in there. Oh, yeah. They're all showing up. I'm like, who are, the, who are these people, man? <laughs> they, I mean, hey, I appreciate the job they do. Uh, You know, but we had our inner core of people, you know, our manager, Tim Heine at the time, our, our, you know, our publishing rep, Celine Arnbeck and uh, other people like that, that were there looking out for us, you know, and, and, you know, and they had a stake in our success and our business too. And so, but then, you know, here, here comes, you know, (laughs) here comes Columbia, you know, (laughs) they're, they're wanting to get in there. And I had a guy talking to me, I was in there you know, uh, dropping some guitar solos and shit. And the guy just starts talking to me about it. And I'm like, somebody get the some motherfucker out of here. I'm a I fit. Like you want to come in and watch That's That's okay. I, I don't need your direction. Right. You know, I've been doing that, this that for NBA, a day or two. That NBA. Yeah. That NBA you have isn't in playing guitar. So. <laughs> it's off. Right. Yeah, he went in there long. Well,
0: okay. So back in the day you played those BC rich gunslingers
1: no 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 what were so, they uh ibanez um rg 550s okay all right well yeah so so there we go funny you mentioned that funny you mentioned that because the very first person the first people that offered me uh um a, a guitar endorsement um because you know they start letting the record lay, let certain people hear it and like you, you know you're now I wouldn't call it shopping for endorsements, but people will come and ask you or whatever. Was Bernie Rico Sr., who I respect, is because I build guitars as well. Um, he uh, he invited you know us down there, and so I went and I spent the afternoon with Bernie Rico, which was was fantastic. Right, and we went through the shop and we're looking at you know all the builds and all the stuff and. You know, so Bernie was like, hey, man, I, we've got these gunslingers and th- this is what I would like you to play. And, you know, this is what we really want to get out there. And I was like, well, um, I, it, you know, and I already had and still have, you know, BC Rich Mockingbirds and oh, uh, yeah. you know, bitches and stuff. And I was like, I was like, well, if I was going to play something, I would play these. And so that was that was the only reason I didn't go with those because I really like Bernie. I like Bernie a whole lot. Yeah. But if I was going to go with a uh, a Strat shaped guitar, it would have had to be in just a little bit o- only because, and this is subjective. It's just I played I played you know the the, the Gunslingers. Yeah. And I I like them just fine, but you know there were just some some things in the you know that I just I didn't really dig that much, right? Okay. Um. So and but I mean I love those guitars. I've I've got a couple of them, you know.
0: Well, see, but, but it
1: wasn't the right guitar for me at that time. So right. Yeah. So then Ibanez approached me, uh, and they they just sent me. You know, they said, "Hey, look, just try these guitars out, and if you like them, we'll we'll make you custom ones or whatever you want to do." Right. Okay. So I was playing the stock ones. I'm like, "Hey, this is pretty cool. If so I just kind of move this knob over here or there, and then I'll be fine." So I I ended up going with Ivan and you know, they made my my, uh, my guitars were made by the Guitar Doctor out there in uh, out there in California, and he he's passed away a few years ago. A great yeah. guy. But I would go up there, and we would you know just tweak the neck and tweak all that stuff. And yeah, that was my very first guitar endorsement. Huh.
0: Well, because see, I okay. So this is I, I I look deep into the music and deep into the videos. I could have sworn that you had a gunslinger in uh, teasing and pleasing video.
1: Well, that's because I have. If you look, I'm one of the first guys, if not the first guy. I'm not sure, but I think I'm on the first guy that I have my RG550s all had left-handed headstocks, which when they're just flashing around, they kind of look like a guns. Yeah, headstock, it, okay. you know, because it's upside down. Right. So I had a left-handed stocks. and I remember some other Arv- Ivanis artists saw that when they were playing the right-handed stocks. and then you know, a, a few months later, you know, I'm going, oh, so and so's got a left-handed headstock now, <laughs> you know. And, and, but you know, I. But you know, I got all that shit from like you know Jimi Hendrix and shit. Oh know? yeah. So, yeah, I saw the you know Jimmy playing a left-handed guitar with a right-handed neck, or a left-handed guitar with a right-handed neck. Yep. When I was you know, and I was like, "Ooh, that's cool." One of these days, I'm gonna do that. And of course, I was flipping on my guitars. So I was putting upside down, you know, Strat heads or right, um, you know, upside down banana heads, which I still love. You know, so
0: well now. Um, I'll, I'll tell you now. I I play guitar. I I'm not great, but I can hold my own. Okay. So oh, there you go. My guitar that is my baby. A lot of people look at it and they think, "Yeah, it's just a guitar." But no, this this one here is incredibly special. Remember back in uh, was it eighty two when Epiphone and Gibson decided, "Hey, we're going to get into the rock scene with a Peabody," and they came out with that what was the, what was called the Four Maker. It okay. was the, the Texas Strat body, and it had a Jackson neck on it. Yeah. Okay, and it's uh, the humbucker single coil, single coil. So,
1: yeah, yeah, I know exactly which one of those are. A couple of my friends have those.
0: Okay. Now, are there's. Do 20- yours
1: have the Kaler on
0: it? No, mine had a, the phase one Floyd. Okay. So, what makes mine unique from everybody else's, and, and nobody ever caught this, was mine's a 21 fret, not a 22. Yeah. So, this is a real Jackson neck, but it was turned by BC Rich. So, ah. Yeah. But uh I I've, I've had people offer me quite a bit of money for that guitar. I'm like, "No, I'm I'm going to hang on to I it." Expect,
1: hang on to it. Yeah. 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 And I've got some I got some oddballs like that too. I've got some Gibson Flying V's with the Explorer headstocks, the XPL, yeah, the early one, Yeah. Um, all that kind of stuff. I I love all that stuff. So
0: Well, what what's crazy is I did some research into this guitar, and this was actually one of the prototypes that, that well, they made you know. for Gibson to say, okay, yeah, we'll make this before they started mass producing them in, uh was it, uh, Japan, or was yeah. it Korea, one of the two. Before they started mass producing these things, this was an actual American-made, this is an American-made strap body with an American-made 21 fret neck with a phase one Floyd Rose tremolo on it. Yeah, so I'm sitting here going, "Ha ha! Now what?"
1: <laughs> there you go. I'll,
0: I'll bring we'll it to you I'll got... bring it to the show at the Rail Club and let you check it out because it, it, it's oh, yeah, it's badass. I, I love yeah.
1: <laughs> well, that's good when you have something
0: you love and you've had for years, man. I, I've had this thing for quite a while. Yeah. Um, so now you're working on a new project, right? Yeah. What What's it called?
1: It's called Legion of the Dog, and. Um, you know, I wanted to put together uh, uh, another band to do some of the things and ideas that I have as far as songwriting, um, and just stretch my, you know, stretch myself in a in a different way other than toys. So right, I got my, uh, I got you know they're all my buds in the band. So I've got um, on drums I have Donovan Hare, who's a crazy killer drummer, young guy you know in his twenties, just amazing drummer. On bass, I have my real good friend Michael Radcliffe. Um, He's actually a guitar player. Okay. And he's a really good guitar player, but fuck him. This is my band. He has to play bass. (laughs) So uh, no, he's he's a great bass player too, and and just a just a great guy. I've known him for years. Um, And then on uh, on vocals, we have George Call, and I I think you know George. Everybody.
0: Yeah, Um, I know George.
1: Yeah, George is. (laughs) Fucking fantastic singer. You yeah. know, he sings with uh, Clovenhoof and his band here. Uh, Banshee. He takes, you know, a- 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 Aska. Yeah. yeah. And then, then he also sings with Banshee. Yeah. Uh, but uh, got him in here, and uh, we're actually recording tracks right now. We we were demoing tracks for a while just to um, just to get a feel for everything. And then we went out and did a gig. And I said, man, let's go out and take this. So we took it down to Houston. We played one show. And you know, and that went really well and was really well received. And from that one show, I decided, okay, now it's time to go in here and let's let's lock, let's knock this stuff down for real. So right, uh, right now we're about halfway through with drum tracks. Um, we should be finished with drum tracks this month, and we've already got a couple of bass tracks dropped. Uh, we've got one song that's ninety percent finished that we originally were doing. Awesome, man. So I figured by. Sometime in November, we should be, we should have all the guitars and the, the vocals on and I can start to mix. And we're, we're doing it here at my house and my little studio. I have a modest little studio. Right. And uh, we're just doing it here and it's, it's turned out great. You know, it's not going to sound like um, toys. I mean, it's not, not in that same vein, but I'm still playing guitar. So it's still right. that kind of stuff. But... uh. Yeah, I'm. I'm really happy and really pleased, and it's a lot of fun. And you know, it's a it's a four piece band, so it's you know one guitar, bass, drums, and singer. Yeah. And I really, I you know, in toys. We always had two guitar players because the music's slightly different, right? Yeah. And here, I just wanted to keep it with like uh, as as few people as possible. Yeah. You know exactly. Um, yeah, and and it I think it works out great because you have. You have four guys versus five or six, you know? Yeah. I, I think mm-hmm. four is the great way to go, you know, unless you can do three. Yeah. <laughs> but, you, but, you know, but then you're at the mercy on a three-piece band if somebody goes down. Right. You know? Well,
0: you now, know? let me tell you a quick story about George. <laughs> so, I uh, I was on the committee to bring a, a music festival to uh, Great Bend, Kansas. And yeah. <laughs> I, I talked him into saying, Hey, let's have Banshee play. So, uh, the guys from Banshee, they all flew in like a week early so that they could practice and get, get their shit together. And yeah. George is like, I, I had the couch and refrigerator and all this crap brought into this rehearsing rehearsal studio and George is laying on the couch. My little 15-pound Rottweiler comes busting ass in there, jumps on him, <laughs> and nails him right in the dick. Just boom. Oh, man. <laughs> he took it well, man, but I was just like, oh, shit. Okay, cool. But, no, I got to hang out those guys for a week, man. And, and George George is one of those guys that you, you're never going to have to wonder where you stand with him. He, he's He's either straight up or full of shit, one, and two, one or the other. So I, I love George, man. He's a great guy.
1: Yeah, man. We And that's the thing. We all get along, man. I mean, uh, you know, uh, and one of the things I said about this band when I was putting it together, I said, man, I don't want to be one of those bands that's doing shit by flying shit here and there, back and forth. I said, dude, we I got to have some people that are close. Yep. yeah uh, and George is about an hour and a half from me, and so's Mike. And Donovan, my drummer, drives like two hours. He's down in Copper's Cove. But we get together every week. We get together and play and work on stuff. And I got to tell you, that's the way to do it because we have everybody in the room. There's no guesswork on whether something's working. You know, you're not cutting and pasting and flying people's files and parts in. Right. Plus, it makes you tighter as a band. Yeah, you know you're playing together you get used to playing together and it's not like hey we all show up we all learn the song you know you might as well be learning louie louie or something and yeah, going out yeah. and playing obviously. so and not everybody has that luxury to do that so i'm not i'm not throwing that by the wayside and and wanking on that i'm just saying to me the best way to get tight as a band and write better songs is you got everybody in the room together and there's no guessing about or no you know you're trying to explain over the phone to somebody how you want to how you want to change a drum part or vocal exactly. part. You're all sitting there, eye to eye and you're doing stuff. And I, and I'm, I'm really happy with that. You know, plus it's more fun that way. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so let's dickin dicking with computers and let's dicking with audio equipment. Exactly. You, you're in here and you know what you got. So.
0: so now November 6th, you guys are gonna be at the rail club live in Fort worth. Uh, dangerous toys is yes. Dangerous toys is oh because yes. see I was, was going to ask which uh, which uh, Scott's going to show up so <laughs> yeah
1: Dan- dangerous toys Scott it's the same guy <laughs> <laughs> that's, it's, that's the thing you know you know it's same guy same gear just sounds a little different you
0: know but, exactly so uh, so we're, we can expect a full badass dangerous toys set absolutely man I can't wait full
1: set. I can't um, wait.
0: That's going to be phenomenal. Yeah, it's
1: going to be fun, man. Uh, last time we played there was right before all the bullshit hit. So yeah. we played there in, uh, was it February of 2019? And uh, it was just a blast. Yeah. It was a blast. Great. I love that club. I love the people down there, uh, you know, that that, ru- that run the rail club and uh, the staff. Everybody there is really great people. Man, it's a fun place to play. They're absolutely incredible.
0: Now – Okay, so I'm going to throw this out there. I'm going to throw a little plug for him. If you get a hold of the Rail Club, you can buy a $100, and I think it's like six tickets for 100 bucks It gets you into any show. So if you guys want to go see Dangerous Toys on November 6th, call down there, get this $100 like, gift certificate, and take five buddies with you. It's going to be a badass show. You can't miss this one.
1: There you go. That's one way. Or just get the regular ticket
0: hell yes
1: right (laughs) that's cool though but don't forget there's a bar (laughs) yeah there's a bar
0: yeah and man i'll tell you what the rail club has gone through some shit this year i mean i I feel so bad for chris and everybody down there because tabc has been real dicks to them just oh well yeah
1: you know don't get me started on all that stuff (laughs) Uh, i'm sure they monitor my phone calls already so right uh yeah, yeah, they uh, they hung tough and stuck to their guns, and that's what I'm talking about, man. Exactly, Whether man. Music or running your business, man, you got to do what you think is the best, and that's what they did, and he did, and yep. there you go. Exactly. Man.
0: So now on to uh, a bigger, better. Well, I shouldn't say better, but on to bigger things here. The question I love to ask every artist I talk to is: Is there a Spinal Tap moment that sticks out in your head? And you're like, holy shit, that happened.
1: Well, we had a total spinal tap. we were in. Uh, in my even? My. Uh, I, we we're playing some theater, and we had the person that was supposed to guide us to the stage, and we got lost. Oh my god! there were elevators and hallways and shit, and we're trying <laughs> to get to the stage, and we're all going, "Hello, Cleveland," <laughs> it, 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 I swear it, it took. You know, normally it takes you like a minute or two. I don't care the biggest arena. You know, we've played some arenas and sheds, and sometimes it's convoluted, sometimes it's not. But those older places, oh yeah, with all those nooks and crannies and seventy-five fucking doors, you know? yep. And we're just like, where the <laughs> fuck are we? I swear it took twelve minutes or more to, to find the fucking <laughs> stage. Was BB so, King I mean, standing there sweeping? <laughs> pretty much, and then you know, another time we're playing somewhere, and oh, we're playing Oklahoma. And, uh, on our first tour at this club and the fucking ceiling caved in.
0: Oh, Jesus. Uh, right.
1: Yeah. Just parts of it just started dropping. And then Florida, uh, I, I feel some heat on the back of my neck and I turn around and my fucking, I'm not kidding. My drummer's, uh, monitor was on fire. (laughs) I don't know what the fuck happened there. Um, there's all sorts of shit. We played another place where they have an orchestra pit, uh, in front. So it's like, uh, you know, a classier venue. Right. And people rushed the stage to get to the front of the stage. They weren't supposed to be standing on top of this platform that covers the orchestra pit, and that thing half ass collapsed in. <laughs> so, you know, people were falling down, and I was like, what the fuck is going on, you know, in the <laughs> middle of the show? Right. So, yeah, we've had all that. It's, it's strange. Well, it, and, you know, the thing is, is either
0: it'll destroy a band or bring them closer together of like, okay, we need to watch this.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, you know, that. that's the thing, man. We're all buddies and toys. We're all friends. Yeah. So, you know, I, we never had any of those moments where somebody's fucking somebody else's wife or girlfriend, or somebody comes in with Yoko Ono or some <laughs> bullshit. You know? we, we don't, so we're, I think we're lucky in that way. We've been together a long time. Now. Right. Um, my goal is to be together as long as at least as long as Easy Top, you know. So, oh, hell yeah, uh, we're s- still all original. You know, everybody goes, Oh, well, Paul is in Dirty Looks. Well, the first, the first band, the first Dangerous Toys original band, yeah, that, that's on that album is me, Jason, Mark, and Mike. Um, I did all the guitar tracks on that album, there was not a second guitar player, and oh. that's the original band. So you know, and Paul has been in this band 24, 25. I don't know how many years Paul's been in the band now. Right. So, you know, he's still the new guy. So, <laughs> it's like the bass you know. player from the Eagles.
0: They still call him and, the new guy.
1: <laughs> he's the new guy. He's been with us 25 years. He's the new guy. <laughs> right. But, was funny story. So, when Paul joined the band, we used to carry this road, wardrobe case around and it had all our names on the drawers. So, on on the drawer that Paul used, we crossed out Danny. Cause Danny had left the band and then we, uh, we had our filling buddy, our buddy, Kevin, he was in the band and then we crossed his name out on there. So then we put a new piece of tape over those that just said new guy.
0: So, <laughs> it's, yeah, that's that's so. just an homage, man. That's just like cutting your teeth, getting yourself ready for the show, you know? So, yeah. so okay. With, with everything going on in, in the world and the, you know, the world's on fire, we're standing next to the abyss. Uh, what what did you take away from twenty twenty that moved you forward to to get new things started? Did, was it just a lot of writing time or, or or what?
1: Well, I live out in the middle of Podunk, so and, and I don't watch I don't watch like regular TV and I don't watch mm-hmm. the news. I just all of that stuff where people feed on each other and people are feeding the machine to you know, get ratings or whatever. And, um, obviously COVID's is a real thing and people have passed away from the stuff. Yeah. Uh, but I think that the way the, the debates and, um, uh, all the crazy shit where, you know, all that vaccine or non-vaccine, I think people start dividing themselves into tribes when they should just realize, man, it's not me against you or you against me. It's us against, uh, what are is suppressing us as as humans and free thinking individuals in this world? Exactly. And so people can take that how they want to take it. You know, uh, I don't do, I don't delve into debates about any of that stuff because I, I've got my life and I want to live my life unencumbered,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: that's what I want for everybody to make their decisions and live the way they want to to live. Um. So what I well I the thing that I took apart you know that I took from twenty twenty is that uh my mother passed away in April of twenty twenty and she passed away from uh, a massive heart attack. Oh I'm sure to hear that. it just shows you, you know, that that things can come and she was, you know, a relatively healthy person, but, you know, your time on this planet is limited. So best to be who you wanna be, do the things you wanna do without harming others. Yep. Live your dreams as much as you can do what you want to do in life and don't you know try not to you know regret the things that you've done just look forward and try to do better and try to uh, be better and i don't know that's that's me dude i still sit down and practice guitar all the time or stand up and practice mainly um and just do what i want to do and, and and live my life the way i want to live it so i don't know if that that's probably cumbersome and, and uh-huh. weird to say, and, 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 but that's my thought process, so that's about well, it. it. You know,
0: I'll be honest with you. I moved from uh, the radio station I was at in Central Kansas. <laughs> April 1st of 2020, I moved down here to uh, uh, the Texas area, uh, Dallas area. Yeah. And the, I had some stuff worked up and, and plans made up that I was going to do some big radio stuff down here, and it just fell to shit. Overnight, uh, I, I, th- I moved here on the first, I think it was on April 4th, and everybody's like, Okay, everything's shut down, we're done. And I was like, Yeah, holy crap. And so, I spent a year, uh, you know, revamping the show, doing different things, getting things ready for this, getting things ready for that, just to make uh, others happy to make things progress farther. Yeah, yeah, so, uh,
1: oh well, yeah. That's what I'm saying. You never know what's going to happen, right? Oh, you never know. Yeah. So instead of worrying about what you can't control, or um, getting into, I don't know. I, I just say always put your best, most positive foot forward and fucking charge, charge forward, man. Because, like I said, dude, you you never know, man. Yeah. After exactly. Land in your backyard tomorrow. Yeah. Or, or today. Or mine. So yeah. who
0: knows? Well, this this is my saying, man. You got to live every day to its fullest because you never know when a submarine's going to fall out of the sky and take your ass out.
1: That's it, man. That's it. But, That's it.
0: Okay, so getting back into the whole uh, music thing, what rig are you running now? What what are your amps? What are your strings? I mean, people want to know.
1: Uh, well, um, I've got tons of amps. Uh, my live amps, um, I'm using, uh, a couple of Freedman's. I'm using a Freedman, um, uh, uh, BE, uh, deluxe 50 water. Uh, it's a two channel, but it's actually, it acts like a three channel because you've got, um, three masters on here okay. for, you know, for two, two heavy channels and a clean channel. I'm also using, um, another Freedman, 50 watt runt uh that i had dave uh put in uh the the buxom betty clean channel into this one okay. uh, it's got a heavy side and a dirty side and a boost as well but it's just a smaller form factor and it's it's a pretty good amp i really for the heavier stuff i really like the 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 deluxe um, and for i use this other friedman mainly for clean okay um i also use a <laughs> oh man i mean i I, i've depends on my mood and uh i've also got some old mesa revy rev f rectifiers i've got bogners i've got uh i've got a really surprising amp that uh i've got a randall tube amp it's that uh scott ian model a signature model oh yeah i found and man that that is a great amp i'm not using it live i use it uh I, I mix it in with, like, the Friedmans when I'm recording tracks. I'll, I'll record tracks on, you know, whichever amp I think sounds better for that song. And uh, I usually mix that one in the background uh, or on the other channel because it's got its own little sound. Right. It's, a, it's, a, it's fucking heavy. I mean, as far as weight. <laughs> it <weighs laughs> like, two amps. Um, then I'm using a Bogner Ecstasy 4x12 and another custom 4x12 made for me by my good friend Michael Holloway at uh, All-American Amplification. Nice. Um, yeah, and they're all uh, vintage 30s. And uh, <clears throat> Then I've got my Carvin cabs from forever ago when I endorsed Carvin. And those have uh, original vintage 30s in them and some, uh, uh, I forgot, some other 80-watt speakers. I can't yeah. remember the speakers. I haven't changed them out river um as far as pedals i've got a um a fractal ax8 that i run i don't use the uh the amp portion of it but that's uh, that's, that contains all my uh, clean channel effects all my cores delay all that kind of stuff and that runs into the run so that's that's basically just a really big expensive uh effects pedal (laughs) right um I'm using a Line Six G50 wireless because I like it because it has the uh, capacitance knob, which acts like um it, it acts like you have a longer cable length, so it takes some of that weird wireless high end out. Okay. I run that into uh, Peterson Strobo Stomp, and I keep the buffer on that on all the time. Then that goes into uh, a radial A B Y switcher pedal, so I can switch between clean and dirty, or I can have uh, both on at the same time all right um so for my dirty side it goes from the switcher right into my dime bag cry uh cry baby from hell mm-hmm. uh that's my favorite wawa on the planet period and there it goes into um either uh, my old 1977 76 37 phase 90 which i've been using for years and and then uh, I always have an overdrive on my board just for emergencies, just in case. Right. And so it could be a tube screamer. It could be an old OCD, an old tube screamer, a new tube screamer. It doesn't matter. I never touch it. Only in emergencies. Like if, you know, amp goes out and got switched to another amp and I need to have, I need to run one amp. Right. And then, I, then I can run that tube screamer off and on and just run it through the clean channel or something. But And that's it. Um, and the last thing is just the channel switcher on my Friedman. Okay. Cool. And as far as guitars, uh, I build my own guitars, uh, Ghost Machine guitars. So basically, I just play. My main guitar is uh, well, my main guitars are they're shaped like Gibson uh, Juniors, like '50s Juniors. Right on. Except I have Titanium Floyd Rose on them with bare knuckle pickups, and I have the reverse banana heads, which. Send all the uh, old-school guys into hissy fits on the web. <laughs> Every time I see anybody, they, they put my guitars in the the junior form on Facebook, and people either love it or hate it. So yeah. that always tickles me. I'm like, hey, man, whatever. Um, yeah, and that's it. You know, just uh, those guitars. Um, I went up and built a, a guitar with my buddies at, uh, um Texas Toast a while back uh, back uh, early uh, September and so we built a custom uh, guitar together and I'm working that into the uh, in into the the set list right now and it's uh it's interesting i put a titanium all titanium Floyd Rose and I mean Floyd Rose not 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 the competitors right whatever they are so I've been a been I've been using Floyd roses since there's been a Floyd Rose so yeah um, and that one's crazy. It's got the 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 two P90s uh, that I stack together, and it kind of like I do my some of my juniors. I stack two humbuckers fairly close together, right, right, like uh, Rand guitars used to do, but even closer. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, it, they're crazy, and yeah. So, and then I have uh, I made myself a uh, a Telecaster, but it's more like a metal caster. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's like that old snakehead. I just copied an old snakehead telly from the forties, late forties, right? Like Leo's prototype. And I think that's about it, man. Awesome, Strings man. I'm using D'Addario. I used to use GHS boomers for years, but they've changed them somehow over the years. I've come not to like them. And so this year I started using, I got some D'Addarios for free and some order from somewhere. I ordered something. And so I put them on a guitar and I, and I really like them. They're just those D'Addario Blue Pack right. XLs, something or other. Well, now, um,
0: myself, I, I really like the roto sounds. Uh, they've been using the same string winders forever. I mean, since the 60s. But yeah. uh, I think that's what happened at uh, GHS is they bought those new machines to wind the strings. Yeah. And they, they, they even feel different now
1: yeah so. it's something strange but and it's funny you to say roto sounds because uh, I put bare knuckle pickups into about everything I get. yeah um, so they always come with roto sounds and I like the roto sounds. yeah, I think they're really good. Um, of the two, uh, I prefer the D'Addario. and right. it, it's not like there's a big difference, but it's like with anything when you're playing like a like you play a guitar or an amp for years mm-hmm. and you become accustomed to that. Yeah. you know you can you can tell slight things when you're playing it like i can't tell you're playing Diadarios or rotor sounds or i can't tell what amp you're playing right. unless it's one of mine you know yeah but i like when i sit here and hear things i'm like you know it's like picks i'm very particular about picks you know um I, people will sit there i've even seen people do it they do these things like oh man theres you can't tell the difference of a pick blah blah, blah. well i can't tell what pick you're playing but when i'm When I play certain picks, I can tell the difference between a regular Jazz 3 and uh, these other Jazz 3s that I use that are made out of a different material because one of them sounds glassy, one of them sounds smooth, one of them has a little extra something to the the high end in it, you know, because I've got these little Jim Dunlop uh, Jazz 3s that are the red ones, uh, and I've got a box of original ones, and the new ones are pretty much exactly the same. I can't tell this from the sound, but if I use one of these little black ones uh, that's made of Delrin instead of the nylon Jazz 3, I can hear it. If I use uh, yep, but I just think it's funny. So some people think that you know you're going down a rabbit hole, but I know that when I'm sweet picking or doing something like that, and I hear clink 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 clink, I hate it. Yep, exactly. Or if it's all muted, or if if the if the string is catching the pick. Yeah, you know, see, that 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 drives me batty. And this is the shit that you do. <laughs> or, you're talking about what did you do during the pandemic? I was going through my strings and picks. Yeah. And deciding this one I really like the sound of best. And in my pocket, I carry like <clears throat> three different types of picks. Yeah. I play live. I put them out, but then they usually disappear. So <laughs> I, tend to, I tend to keep them in my pocket. But when I, when I have a song with a lot of string scrapes, I'm using the little jazz threes, the black ones made out of delrin. Yeah, because they get a bigger, bigger. Because I use a fairly heavy, one point one four mils, but it gets it's better for string scrapes. But it's even better for string straights. are all the three picks I get from Bare Knuckle, they're like the old Fenders that are like a medium. Yeah, and they sound like a rocket ship. So I've got some of those. i saw so I've I got four types of picks in my pocket. Well, and yeah. then I've got the then I've got the the Jazz Threes in my pocket, and then I've got the XL Jazz Three made out of that. They're they're yellow. I forgot what they're made out of. Yeah, so that's my main pick overall. Just because I like the way the feel of that pick on the string, it doesn't catch.
0: Well, and so. So, so many people don't realize that a pick will make the difference in a song as well. So if I'm sitting here playing, say, like "Suspicious Minds" by Elvis, I use a medium Fender pick. But if I'm if I'm playing uh, something metal, you know, like uh, "Wicked Sensation" or uh, "Teasing and Pleasing," or you know. Uh, just a a list of songs i use the john petrucci jazz picks
1: yeah i like those too Uh, matter of fact i have a bunch of them over here yeah i love those man those i'm not i'm not kidding dude i i i ordered a bunch of picks i've got the petrucci picks i got the picks that are bent to a certain angle yep (laughs) I, i got all these picks i'm just sitting there just fucking around with them having a good time but that's the thing um like when i'm recording acoustic track and if i'm doing some Jumba, 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 strumming yeah i'm using a medium to light pick
0: right well, because you uh, want and, that
1: flap sound in it well, well I, I want that those strings right but then if i'm playing uh, uh something with more articulation or I'm, I'm i'm hybrid picking well then i'm using a heavier pick i'm back to my my uh my yellow gold whatever you want to call right. it Right. XL jazz so yeah so yeah that picks do make make a difference and i was showing that to my bass player um when we're recording, because he plays with a pick and his fingers, you know, switches between. And sometimes I'm like, man, we're getting a little, and this is just the nitpicking. Right. You know, it's the nitpicking. But I'm like, hey, man, try that, try that thinner pick. And all of a sudden, man, it sounds like, all right, that's great. And this is stuff that people are turning the radio off right now. They're like, oh, fuck this shit, man. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I'll go down that rabbit hole, man. But that's, you know. That's, I I, I learned from the best. That's what UZH used to do. So fuck it, man. Yeah. Well, and, Worked and, out you know, him. in in all reality,
0: if you're if you're a bass player and you use a pick, you've got to use say like uh the Fender medium to just a t- just that millimeter heavier uh if you're doing something like kiss, if you want that sound, if you want, you know, like a, a, a thrash metal sound, you've got to use one of those, you know, bricks that you put in between your fingers, or else it's not going to have that thump that you want, yeah, well, see that's the thing.
1: it's it's what you know you know some people will never change a pick, and that's just fine and And you know that's like Eddie. he used those gold and silver hercos. The only difference was the color, yeah, and he used a thinner pick, and his stuff sounds you know fucking fantastic, yep, but I, I think it's like when I'm talking about when you're recording, man. You know, it's it's all those little things that help you get a, a nicer tone. You know, exactly. Uh, so it's all that kind of stuff. So and it's all personal and and, and it what what works for me isn't going to work for necessarily everybody. Exactly. Because I found out what works for everybody else doesn't necessarily work for me. Like I said, man, you know, without Ed carving up a, a strat and sticking a, a a humbucker from a '60s ES 350 or 335 or whatever it was. Yep. I mean that guy. Look at him. He he changed the whole fucking world. Dude, there are guitar companies that made a fortune off of his ideas. Oh yeah. All the if if you're if you're building a guitar with a single humbucker and a Floyd Rose on it, uh, you owe you owe a debt to Eddie. Exactly. Um, um you know, so he wasn't it wasn't the first guy to tap on the fretboard, but he's the guy that made it popular and really brought it out. I mean, because yeah. one else, you know was doing anything like that so exactly but that's just my, my love for the King. so there you yeah. go well
0: now uh <laughs> when i when i had uh, george and the guys up in central kansas they got to meet the kids that uh I, I used to do a band camp up there for kids that we'd teach them some cool classic rock and then they'd perform it at a, a different event here and there and yeah. these kids would come in and not never have picked up a a guitar or drumsticks or a bass before and by the time they got done with my camp they were they were playing a 45 minute set and there you go i i I, the guitar player the main guitar player i had uh, a couple years ago this kid was just dripping talent and i kept showing him i said okay well now if you're wanting to do this you, you need to change your pick to this to get this sound and and now he's teaching kids the same theories of, well, if you want this sound, you need to do this. But it it's just unbelievable that, you know, people don't get into the whole realm of, well, if you want your amp to sound like this, you change your tubes with these, and then you put this speaker match with this.
1: And nobody well, teaches well, some, that. You know, well, that, that's the thing. Some people just want to pick up a guitar, plug in an amp, and have fun. Yeah. And there's not a damn thing wrong with that.
0: Absolutely not.
1: And you know, um, it's just how much you get into it. It's just like some people want a microwave for dinner, other people want to cook a yes, dinner, yes, other yeah. people want to go out and get dinner bought. And playing guitar and music is the same thing. Not everybody has the same expectation. Of it. Not everybody has the um, the same ideas as as anyone else. And and that's what makes the world great. Exactly. Everybody being themselves expressing themselves how they want to as much as they want to and doing as much or as little as they want. And there's nothing wrong with any of that.
0: Right. Well, so, okay. So November 6th, when you guys are at the rail club, I'm going to bring something I want you to try out just, just to try it out because I'm hooked on these uh, cables. They're called colossal cables. They're made here in Texas.
1: Um, yeah. So I have some colossal cables. Do you really? I love those things, man. Uh, I have a couple of them. And uh, maybe I have three And uh, at a guitar show in 20, I don't know, seventeen, eighteen, 18 or something. I met the guy, you yeah. know, um, he, I didn't tell him, you know, I never go, I'm Scott from dangerous toys, blah. I don't say that <laughs> shit. I just came up there and said, Hey man, you know, uh, I like these cables. What kind of deal can you give me on them? And, um, you know they they did me right. I got a, I got a good price out of them. Right. You know. Um, but what I'm using now, uh, I'm using these Ernie Ball cloth covered uh, cables. I don't know what they're called. I really like them. I really like the colossal cables. The, the one thing is they're they are colossal. Yes. And they are thick and they sound great. And I like to use that. And I have uh, some coiled cords from fender the Jimi hendrix ones okay yeah i I like those i like those to record with (coughs) i like recording the colossal cables the only issue i had the colossal cables i was talking to him was about uh needing something on the end of those to spin them to have a free floating something somehow because Mm uh if you walk around them they they tend to coil up a little bit right so I mean, th- that was just my idea, but I really like those cables.
0: Well, actually, um, uh, my show and myself, we're endorsed by Colossal.
1: Well, good. So, I but mean, that, that's the other thing. That, that's killer. Yeah. Like, um, somebody, I just did an interview not too long ago, and someone's like, So, who are you endorsing these days? I'm like, Nobody. Right. And the reason is, I, you know, I did that whole thing where I endorsed GHS and Ibanez and Carvin and. Robin and Fender were sending me stuff and Gibson gave me stuff and Mesa gave me stuff. Oh yeah. But you know, being who I am now, I just like to, I just like to go and get what I want and not worry about it. Exactly. You know, would I take another endorsement? I know this sounds funny, but maybe not. It's gotta be the perfect thing. I definitely wouldn't take a guitar endorsement. Right. I I But as far as, you know, I'm happy with the amps I'm playing. I'm happy with the gear that I have. And, um, but I think it's a great way cause just, like when I was an up and coming guy, you, you endorse Ibanez and Carvin or whatever. And all of a sudden your band's getting a little more press in some of the catalogs and the magazines and, right. and and that helps. But as far as just getting gear, man, I, I, I find it really hard because, you know, I'm, I'm an old guy now and I just don't like most things and it's just, um, I just, it's just who I've grown into is is what I like. So it's, it's real hard for to to take an endorsement on something that you just kind of like, right? I mean, I would have to, I would have to love something, love something, but well, uh, there's, you know, there's so much gear these days and so much stuff out there. Oh yeah. Um, good God. Yes. (laughs) What's that?
0: There, there's so many different brands that do the same thing.
1: Are you there? Say it again, because I I'm, I'm oh. out here in the boondocks. And I lost you.
0: <laughs> I said there there are so many uh, manufacturers of of the exact same thing, but they're not the same thing.
1: Oh, you're cutting out big time, bud. Oh, brother.
0: Yeah, I've got a full signal here.
1: Yeah, dude. I'm like I said. I'm not. I'm I'm out past Granbury, <laughs> So right. Yeah. So I, I mean, I'm in the land of twelve megabyte download <laughs> yeah you know. dial up is faster <laughs> yeah
0: well man you know i can't wait to go see you guys on the 6th i'm definitely going to be there i'm going to get a hold of chris and let him know that i'm going to show up and uh you know i'm going to i'll promote your uh, dangerous toy shows on my uh, four o'clock flashback and on the big hair show
1: because man well, i appreciate that let me come out here and see because i keep losing signal man <laughs> i haven't moved anywhere i don't know why it's just, I'm telling you, man, right here—the weird world. <laughs> the the
0: satellites have have shifted by a micro of a second, and
1: <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Well, I think I'm. I think I lost you again. Uh, oh, hello, hello, hello. Oh, there you are. Okay. All right. We might want to. We might want to <laughs> say our goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> this can't work. <laughs> All
0: right, brother. Well, hey, man. I thank you so much for coming on. This is a the podcast is called the Next Note. And uh, I'll definitely hit you up when uh, we air it. It's probably going to be tomorrow when I get it put up on the air. Uh, dude, November 6th, The Rail Club Live. Make sure you show up for this show. Dangerous Toys. Man, that's going to be a badass show. That's all i got to say. All right.
1: I don't know if you're there, but I'm going to say goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> all right, brother. All right, Chris.
0: You be good, man. Thanks. All right. all right, guys. Well, it was at that point that we lost Mr. Scott Dalhouve But, hey, you heard it. November 6th, The Rail Club Live, Fort Worth, Texas. If you're in the area, show up for that show, man. You're not going to regret it. It's going to be an amazing show. Dangerous Toys. How long has it been since you've waited to see Dangerous Toys live? I know it's been a couple years for me, so I can't wait. I will see you guys later. And thanks again, Scott, for being a part of the next note. And I will see you guys soon.